Chapman, beginning in verse 1, is where we started four weeks ago today. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, this is in, this is in the New King James. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Three weeks ago, four weeks ago, we determined what faith was not. We went into extensive detail as to faith, what faith is not. But in short, faith is not finicky, flaky, flighty, fantasy, or fairy tales. That is what faith is not. Okay? What faith is, however, the author of the book of Hebrews lays out very plainly. It is substance and evidence. Those two words alone, substance and evidence, should upset the apple cart of many people's subsequent and fundamental belief structures about what faith is. It's substance. It's substantial. It's evidence. If you are either have been or are involved in law enforcement, or you watch TV or movies and you like law enforcement shows, you'll know that the old byline, it's not what you, uh, it's not what you, essentially it's what you can prove. It's not what you believe, it's what you can prove. Nothing is provable without something that's substantial and evidential. You must have substance and evidence. So faith is comprised of those two things, substance and evidence. The Greek for those words there, substance, support. Evidence, proof. Now, I've heard people preach on faith, and they've even used this text before, but we're going to go somewhere where I don't think anybody has ever gone with you, at least in this body. And some of what you're going to hear today, as I finish this message, you're going to say, well, I do that. I'm so glad. Anybody here have a prayer answered? All six of you. Praise God. Man, I'm just six people. Yes. The rest of you are going, where are you? Substance and evidence. That's what... Faith is comprised of. If you'll remember the illustration I used last time we spoke, it was, if I come out here with my Bible and my message and my phone and my glasses, and I'm going to set all of that on this tabletop, my confidence is placed in the tabletop. Not because I have some kind of ethereal, mystical belief that it will somehow or another hover right here where I need it to. That's not it. If faith is substance and evidence, then my faith is in the legs. 
There is proof under this tabletop that I'm setting my stuff on. There is proof that I can do this. It's right there. It is substantial. Sounds exactly like my head. It is evidence. There's proof that this tabletop is going to be here. It's proof. That is what faith is. Whatever you need to have happen must have something that is provable, that is evidential, that is supportive, that is substantial, backing it up. Where you can go, all right, Jocelyn, I really need a loaf of bread. Should I just walk into Walmart and believe that somewhere it's going to manifest? No, they've got a grocery department. Walk to the bread aisle. My faith is when I go to Walmart, I can get a loaf of bread. Even if it is overpriced. My evidence is that there is a Walmart and they've got a shelf with bread on it. Faith is comprised of some things that are concrete. Not, boy, I sure hope. That's not faith. That is not faith. Something that makes up substance and evidence is tangible and concrete. Something that can be relied on and depended on to support one's belief in a thing. That's what faith is. Something that's got some genuine backing to it so that what you're believing for is actually believable. Now, the thing I left off with last time we spoke was an edited version of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Now, I don't think that's going to be up here because I made a mistake earlier and I don't think that Hebrews 11 and 6 is going to be up here. doesn't matter. Everybody has a Bible, whether it be this or this. Everybody's got a Bible. And this is what Hebrews 11 and 6 says. And without faith, it is, now listen to this word, impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to Him, any listen to that, anyone who comes to Him, there's a procedure here. Anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists. The King James there says that He is And not just that he is, not just that he exists, but that he is a rewarder of those who diligently, the NIV says, earnestly seek him. Now, the last thing we left with was a highly edited version of that. I put this out there. Now, listen based on some of the terminology that I have used thus far, without substance and evidence, without support and proof, it is impossible to please God. 
it is impossible, here's the Greek, to completely gratify God. You can't please Him without faith. And then there's this word, because. Why can't you please Him? Because. Anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists. Okay, you know what that does to all of those television shows and all of those movie scenes and all of the people in real life who go, God, if you're up there, I'm really hoping you're hearing me. God's like, are you serious? You have to believe two things. This is all that it takes to please God. All that it takes to please God. One, you have to believe that He is. And because He is, because He exists, He will reward those who diligently and earnestly pursue Him. That's all that it takes to please God. Well, you, well what about salvation? Well, if you're a person who believes that He is, and you pursue Him diligently and earnestly, and that He is going to reward, that is the foundational basis for people to believe in the redemption story and become saved. It is what it is. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists. Not hope that He exists. Not think that He might exist. We'll see if this comes to pass. I don't know for sure. And that He rewards those who earnestly seek. Seek in the Greek here. Earnestly crave Him. That's what we're talking about. You can't, without substance and evidence, without support and proof, without faith, you cannot please Him. You cannot fully gratify God unless you have that in your corner and fully functioning, believing that He is and that He will reward you as you crave Him. And that's a lovely sentiment. But what's funny about that verse, the really funny part about 11.6 is 11.5. That's the context of 11.6. You have to recognize something happening in verse 5 in order to connect what verse 6 is actually saying to every day. Listen to this. Let's go to the verse 6's context. By faith. <laughs> this is so weird. Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. Woo he could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Now, where did we hear that pleased word before? Oh, that's right. Verse 6. 
pleased God. And without faith, it's just six. It's impossible to please God. Wait a minute. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Enoch, okay, let's just pause. Enoch, Enoch, why in the world is Enoch in a discussion about faith? Isn't faith a New Testament thing? For the most part, with that whole uh, Ephesians 2, 8 thing where it says, For it is by grace you are saved through faith. So what's Enoch doing in a conversation about New Testament faith? What is Enoch doing in this discussion? After all, Jude, you know, right there, take, go to the Revelation, take a left. Jude describes Enoch as, quote, Listen to this. The seventh from Adam. That's Jude verse 14. The seventh from Adam. The seventh from the first man in all of human history. That's how old and how far back Enoch is. Enoch, whose son was the single oldest man in all of human recorded history and who also just happened to be Hold on to your seats. Who just happened to be Noah's great-granddad. That's how far back we're going. Enoch, who from from a perspective that early after the creation, this man, from that early after the creation, he prophesied. Enoch, from that perspective in history, prophesied about the very same things and the very same people that Jude later wrote things about in the New Testament four to five thousand years earlier, according to some estimates. In fact, Jude quoted Enoch. Listen to what Genesis chapter 5 says about this guy. Enoch lived... 65 years. And he begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. Let's, let's put this man's age into perspective. And yes, we're still talking about faith. Let's put this man's age into perspective. He was born a mere 622 years after creation. Yep. And was taken by God in the year 987. Less, now listen, than 1,000 years after the creation of the world. That means that Enoch lived at a time in the world 
where he lived in far, far closer proximity to the creation, in fact, less than half the amount of time than you and I do, we live in proximity to the crucifixion. He lived in less than half of the amount of time from when everything was created to where we live right now to the crucifixion. Yet He, a biblical ancient, is immortalized in the New Testament because of His faith. His substance and evidence. His support and His proof. Hebrews 11.5 says that not only was Enoch taken by God, but that the reason he was taken was because of his faith. Hebrews 11.5 By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony, he pleased God. The word for, in, in the Greek here, for before he was taken which can be translated as because is used into a sign, a reason for a thing. Let's read it again. Heavily edited. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him away because or the reason for this was that before he was taken, he had this testimony. He pleased God. So the reason that Enoch was taken away by God was because of his faith. I think we've established that. God was his substance. God was his evidence. Everything that Enoch wanted, everything that Enoch needed, was a result of not believing for the stuff, not believing for the things, but because he walked with God. And his was right next to him. I want to point something out right here. The word walked. Talking about Enoch. As in, Enoch walked with God. Question, did you happen to notice that Genesis 5 mentions the fact that Enoch walked with God twice? Did you notice that? He walked with God. And the Bible points it out twice. Apparently this point has something to do with really needing to be repeated. This word walked is the same Hebrew word used in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8 to describe when God was heard by the first couple walking in the garden as He looked for them in order to spend time with them. Genesis 3 and 8. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking. Same word as Enoch walked with God in the cool of the day. And they hid from God among the trees of the garden. What's my point there? Why is that important at all? Just that when Genesis 5 says that Enoch walked with God, 
There wasn't a spiritualized application to that statement. This isn't something that we know. No. If you don't get all Holy Ghost filled about walking through Walmart, don't get Holy Ghost filled about walking in this context. There's nothing spiritual about it. Enoch was literally, physically walking with God like two close companions. That Hebrew word walked can, depending on its application, be interpreted to mean this. Walked away with. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, because God took him. Took him right here literally means carried him away. In other words, while God and Enoch walked one day, God literally carried him away. Or just walked away with Enoch. This is the guy who was taken because of his faith. Herbert Lockyer. Some of you know who that guy is. I've referenced him. Gary has referenced him. He has a whole series of books out. And that, that one of those books is called All the Men of the Bible. And in that particular book, Lockyer cites a guy by the name of Andrew Bonar. And Bonar says this, quote, God and Edith were in the habit of taking a long walk together every day. And that one day, God said to his companion, why go home? Come all the way with me. End quote. Is it any wonder that Enoch was commended because he pleased God? The problem with this entire thing right now is that the vast majority of us can't relate to walking with God. We go to church. Crises come up and we ask God to do something. Sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. We have a need or a want and we start praying about it. And it either manifests or it doesn't. But we don't really understand walking with God. You see, Enoch literally... Yeah, you and the orange. Enoch... Literally, walked with God. Can you imagine walking with God? Four feet on the ground. Incredibly young world. At this point in time, some really horrible things happening, by the way, in the world. Awful stuff. But incredibly young world, and you're just talking with God. You're just walking with Him. You're just talking with Him. And the two of you are chatting and every once in a while something's said where someone laughs at something someone else said. God cracks a joke. Enoch says something funny about one of his kids. you have any idea they want a car now? And God goes, Poof. and they're not even made yet. And it's just walking with God. 
just walking and talking with God. And the two of them are just shooting the breeze. This isn't religious. They're not talking about the church because it doesn't exist. They're not talking about how, oh boy, the trouble Israel's in right now because Israel doesn't exist. They're talking like two friends about stuff. Everything, anything. Thank you. This relationship isn't a spiritualized relationship where things are happening that we call godly. It's not. It's two people. One just happens to be the creator of the universe. Okay, fine. Walking along in the dirt, in the grass, in the leaves, in the whatever, and there, there's nothing spiritualized about it. It's authentic relationship happening in every step, every day, for three hundred years plus. Now, I know that it says once he had Methuselah, he walked with God for 300 years. Trust me, Methuselah didn't do something and all of a sudden the God factor was dropped to the news life. No. Enoch was walking with God his entire life, 365 years. And we know about this walked thing for the last 300. But for his entire nearly approaching four centuries of his life, he is in relationship with God where they literally, quite practically, or probably, use a similar path on a daily basis, walking around, and there's nothing about the church because it doesn't exist. There's nothing about the nation of Israel because it doesn't exist. It's just two individuals who love each other more than anything possible. Because remember, the one is walking with God. He's in complete adoration. Total awe. The other one, he's already had a lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world for the people like him. They are cuckoo for cocoa puffs over each other. And there's nothing spiritualized about it. There's no, there's no presumption of, yes, well, you know, God, with that gift that you gave me that I like to prophesy. No, there's nothing like that. Nothing. A man who works in the dirt and the God who made it. And they're just running around together. But we have a very difficult time understanding that. Why? Because we live in a world where we are taken up by all that other stuff. We, our time and our memory capacity is taken up with a thousand different things that have nothing to do with taking the next step with God. So walking with God, literally walking with God is something that is quite alien for most people. But that's why he was commended. Because nothing in Enoch's life did he ever fear or worry about or concern himself with or take up brain capacity with because his substance and his evidence was walking right next to him. You hear me? His substance and his evidence is walking next to him. Is it any wonder that Enoch was commended as one who pleased God? In a world where it is impossible to please God without faith, when suddenly, one day, 
he and God, while just spending the day together, simply walked away. Enoch's commendation was based on substance and evidence, support and proof. He literally walked with his substance and his evidence. He literally walked with his support and his proof. He literally walked like that. He had all the faith he could ever need. Because faith isn't projected onto the things that we want or that we need. Faith is simply reduced to the belief that He is. Everything else that we want or need comes under the second part of the heading and is a rewarder of those who earnestly, diligently seek Him. If this is what I need, that's God. Wow! Is anyone here at all? Because His substance and evidence, His support and His proof for everything He'd ever need and encounter was walking right next to Him. Is it any wonder? Is it any wonder that He was commended because He pleased God? Because, (laughs) wow. Here is what we must understand. Faith has precious, 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 let me say it again, precious, little to do with praying about or believing for things. Jesus brings it straight out in the New Testament in the Gospels. Food, drink, clothing. It has precious little to do with that. Financial needs, health issues, deliverance from circumstances, extraction from trials, from crisis, marriage and family issues, career matters, buying a new house or a new car. The list could go on and on and on. Faith has precious Little to do with those things. Faith does, however, have everything to do with believing that He is. Basing our belief in Him. That He exists. This is where faith is established. We must believe that He is and that as a result of that belief, we can, we can be confident in His ability and His willingness and His faithfulness to reward those who believe in Him. To supply everything that is necessary. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because every everyone who comes to Him must Believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seeking seek Him. If faith is substance and evidence, as we have established, and it is impossible to please Him without it, which amounts to and which equates to believing in Him, and that He subsequently blesses the believer as, as a result of that belief in Him, then He is our substance. 
Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. He, He, the One, God, is our evidence. He is our support and our proof. He is, capital letters, He is, therefore He is substance. He is, therefore He is evidence. How do I believe for anything if I'm just hoping out of thin air that God shows up and that I've got whatever it is that will make Him happy and He'll show up and meet my need? Wrong! If He is, and He is substance, and He is the evidence by which we bank our entire eternal existence on, then I can believe that all things will be met by the One who is and the One who rewards me because I am earnestly, feverishly craving Him in my very daily walk. We don't hope on a whim. Good luck for failure in that. Good luck. We believe in Him. He subsequently provides As the old saying goes about God, He doesn't have love. He is love. He doesn't have healing. He is healing. Well, let's push that envelope just a skosh. He doesn't have substance. It's not like He's pulling our needs out of a coffer. No, no. He is substance. He doesn't have evidence. He is the evidence. I can believe for everything I can ever need. I can believe for everything that I ever want in my life because I believe that He is. He is the substance by which I rest everything on. He is my evidence in which the proof in which I believe everything. He is my support. And because He is, and because He is, brothers and sisters, anything is possible. Don't seek Him for things. Listen to me. Don't seek Him for things. Heaven knows Enoch didn't seek him for things. Just seek him. Walk with him. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. We talk about the rapture a lot in Pentecost Church at Snowy Tower. We talk about rapture a lot. I just want to get raptured. I hope I live to see the rapture. I really want to hear that trumpet sound. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Being a musician, I kind of like to hear that too. I'm going to be honest. But if he walked off this earth with Enoch because Enoch just loved being with him, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to walk off this earth too if you just crave him. Listen to Matthew 6. Listen to this. 
Therefore, don't worry. Saying, what shall we eat? You know, we know people who would say that. What are we going to eat? Or, what shall we drink? What shall we wear? What in the world are we going to eat, drink, and wear? For all these things, the Gentiles. You know what that Greek word right there for Gentiles is? Unbeliever. Did you hear? Did you catch that? The unbeliever. Enoch was taken because he believed, because he walked with God. Okay, that's all these things the Gentiles see. For, now listen, this is the important thing. Now we quote this all the time, but we don't let it sink into our brains and into our hearts and into our spirits. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. See, it's not a question of is God too busy to hear your prayer. It's a question of are you walking with Him because He's already got the knowledge there. He knows what you need. Are you seeking Him? Are you walking with Him? Are you craving Him? Are you earnestly, diligently pursuing Him? Because He rewards those who do that. So stop thinking, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? Look, God knows already. He's already got your, your food, your water, and your, your wardrobe. So stop. But, I like this one, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. You know, what he's, you know what they're saying? You know what Jesus is saying here? Because they're your substance and your evidence to get everything else. That's exactly what's happening here. And these things, these things, all that stuff, that's going to be added to you because you're seeking Him, for, you're, you're pulling, you're channeling your inner Enoch. And you're walking with God. And you have substance and evidence because He's your substance and evidence. That way you don't worry about the stuff that He already knows you need in the first place. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day in its own trouble. And we have some trouble, don't we? Right now, we've got some trouble. Keep in mind these verses are found in Matthew chapter 6. These verses are smack in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus' first recorded sermon. Here, at this point, He was actively altering the landscape of belief in Palestine. Actively changing the paradigm of that point in history by telling these hungry, thirsty disillusioned and disenfranchised Jews that if they are in need of something, don't lose your, 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 your mind about it. Don't fret about this thing that you need. Look what I do with a kid's lunch. Some loaves and some fishes. You think I can't feed you? Watch me. Watch me address your need. Stop worrying about the need. Watch me. Because I'm going to address it. Because I already know you've got it. 
Hmm? Fix your focus on me. As a result, if you'll fix your focus on me, you know what the result is going to be? You will be changed. Not me. You're not going to convince me of anything. I know it all already. Not only do I know it all, I've got it all. You're not changing me. If you'll fix your focus on me, I will be your substance with which to believe in. I will be your evidence with which to plead your case. I will be your support and your proof. And whatever comes down the road for your existence, I am going to reward you because you craved me. Bottom line is, He's got you. He's got you. Sonny and Cher used to sing, I got you, babe. Da, 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 da. Sorry. And He's got everything you need, too. And ladies and gentlemen, that is how faith works. That is how faith works. Now, I'm going to stop right there. You're saying, there's more? I know, two weeks and then this. I know. Well, I don't think we're done. So, I'm going to quit right here. It is noon o'clock. And God is good. 